Hey everyone, I am Reva and just want to take a moment and thank you for listening to our studio podcast. Although we are here in Greenville, South Carolina, we are grateful for your support to see the message of Jesus go out all over the world. In case you are not aware, we have a YouTube channel, which you can find the link in our podcast bio. We hope you enjoy this week's talk and it encourages you and it helps you to be the human God designed you to be. So with that, let's get right to it. Faith is curious. Faith is a struggle. And faith is dynamic. Faith is particles and matter colliding with each other. Faith is dynamic and it's intrinsically personal. Faith isn't static. It's not a set of beliefs. Faith is not a doctrine. Faith isn't mutual, and faith isn't dead. Today is part four of a series, Strong Faith, Contagious Hope, and Enduring Love. After this week, we're going to take a few weeks off, and we're going to pick up the last two, and we're going to talk about loving our city. But today, we actually want to take some time to talk about faith. The reality of faith shows us there's so much more than what we can see, hear, or experience. The fact that you have something inside of you that longs to put your trust in something else is evidence that there's things that we haven't seen yet. There's things that we haven't heard yet. And there's things that we haven't experienced yet. I don't know if you've thought about this, but the fact that this thing inside you longed, it wants to put its faith in something. And we put our faith in all kinds of things. It's crazy that we put our faith in other people's driving skills. (laughs) Especially in this beautiful state. (laughs) Every day we get in a car and we drive down 85 or Stone Avenue or Wade Hampton And the level of faith in other people shows us that we have faith, that we believe it's possible. And guess what you all got here today? I mean, we get into these metal tubes with jet engines on them. And our faith is in a mechanic to make sure those turbines, jet engines are working perfectly. I mean, we put our faith in all kinds of things. We put our faith in this building that is still going to stand. So the thing that's inside of us that puts its trust, its belief in something, its evidence alone, that there's things that we've never seen, we've never heard, and we've never experienced. When God designed us, he, he put this ability in us to have faith. But in order to have faith, you have to have something else. It's the ability to trust. If you don't have the ability to trust, then faith is not really attainable or you can't quite get there. You can facade it and fake it, but you can't really say I'm a person full of faith because if you can't trust, you can't have faith. Faith is what separates all of us from all the species in all of creation. If we don't have faith, then we are on the same level as animals and creatures. 
But you see, the fact that we have faith is what separates us from everything in creation and everything in existence. It's what makes us human. It's interesting when you talk about faith in Christian circles, you get different reactions. The first thing some, some think about is physical healing. When you bring up faith, it's all about physical healing. For others, it's, uh, if we think of the faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And for others, we simply think about our trust in God. Some of us think about heaven. When you hear about faith, you think, yeah, I believe there's a heaven and I'm going there someday. Others show a list of what they believe in. Here's what I believe in, and this demonstrates the entirety of my faith. And then some of us, frankly, think, I don't have enough of it. I wish I had more. And then some in here may be thinking, I don't even know what faith is. There's this verse in Matthew 17, verse 20 and 21. I'm going to read it to you. It reads this, For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to here. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, if you're wondering how big a mustard seed is, it's, it's quite small. There's not really a seed that's large. So pick the biggest seed and it's still small. I don't know, do you find it troubling at all that faith is quantifiable by something so minuscule? I find that so troubling. I mean, it would have been so much better if God said, faith, if you have faith the size of the ocean, it would have been so much easier to grasp faith. Because it's as big as the ocean, then you can move mountains. Then we could go, well, my faith is something, but it's not that big. But Jesus decided to use the smallest thing in his within reach, and it's the size of a mustard seed. And he said, if it's this big, you can do it. I wish it was an ocean, but Jesus chose a seed. I don't know if you find that troubling. I find that disturbing. <laughs> I find that almost on some days really depressing. Because I feel like I've got faith that is bursting at the seam and nothing changes. I'm like, what's smaller than the seed? An atom? I mean, where do you go from there? <laughs> if you're talking about the ocean, like, okay, it's as big as the lake, but it's not the ocean. But hey, we're getting somewhere. But the fact that Jesus chose the seed just makes it so complex. I have so many questions. It's amazing how Jesus has a way with words. It, it, it compels us. And his word, when he put them together and he uses these examples, it actually is an invitation into his dimension. It's an invitation into his reality. So when I read that mustard steed, all I have to say is, you know what, there are days where I feel like I have no faith. And everything happens. And then there are other days I'm like, oh, today's the day. Today's the day that that mountain in my life is going to move. And it doesn't move. It gets bigger. 
So I've got so many questions. On days I don't feel like I have it, mountains move. And on days I feel like I have it, it gets bigger. So faith is complex. Uh, If you've dumbed it down to a list and a doctrine and theology, I want to propose to you, I don't know what that is. It's a great list. It's a great list to abide by and live by and, and acknowledge, but faith is not static. It's not this static thing that doesn't move. It's dynamic. It's got life in it. It's got, it's breathing, it's living, it's moving. Faith is less about a destination in your beliefs and more of a dimension that is infinite. Sometimes I think when we think of faith, I'm going to arrive, like we've got this line in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit. We're like, man, if I could get there, if I could get past that line, then I've arrived. And now I've figured it out. We've cracked the code of all of heaven. But you see, it's less about a destination. It's more about being invited into an infinite dimension of who Jesus is. So I want to invite you in this talk today. It's less about a destination. It's an invitation into something much deeper. It's living. It's breathing. If you have your Bibles, I want you to read a passage with me. It's in Mark chapter 9. We're going to read a handful of verses here. We're going to walk through the story. And I just want to unpack it a little bit. And then we're going to take some time today and just talk about faith. And how do we posture ourselves as followers of Jesus to see this dynamic part of our faith grow? How do we see this thing in us that God has placed deep within our soul grow? How do we see it move? How do we see it expand? In Mark chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 14. I want you to read with me. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth and gnashes at his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. That's not a light comment, by the way. That one just kind of hits. How long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. I don't know if you've ever seen someone possessed by the demonic, but it's a sight to see. And that's one of the things that's a challenge for us today in, in, a, in this context. We don't often see that, but it is a sight to see someone's ability to have strength become abnormal, become unnatural. They lose control of their body. So here at this moment, this boy sees Jesus, and the demons respond and throw him to the ground. 
Look at verse 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long had he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It had often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Jesus was in a certain mood in this moment. I don't know about you. He's, he's like in a mood. Like he had just fed up. You generation. If I can. Like he, I just love how he's provoked. And Jesus said, Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Look at verse 24. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. Let's go to verse 25. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Last verse, he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. I want you to look at verse 24 one more time with me. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief, unbelief. The first thing that I want to challenge each of us today to see faith grow in our life is to be honest about what you actually have. Sometimes in this conversation of faith, we, we get into this fake faith. We just, we just feel like if I just say it out loud, then that's actually where I'm at. Now, I do believe there's a space and a place and a time where we just say, yes, I believe. But I believe there's also a point where you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest about what actually is in you. And I love the response of this dad. He says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I just love the, the innocence of it. I love the honesty, the integrity of this moment. He's not, he's not faking something that I should be more honest about. He says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I think sometimes that's our best prayer. That's our best thing to say. When a mountain is in front of us and we don't know what to do, and on a day where nothing seems to line up, it's in those moments we say, I do believe, but God, help my unbelief. I want to challenge you, if you're in a spot, and I hope you are, where you want to see your faith expand, then start right here. There are times I go before God, as many of you do too, and you have a history of stories that prove God's faithfulness. You have a lifetime. You are surrounded by the reality that God loves to Make things happen. Set people free. Provision. Breakthrough. Job. I mean, everything. We have so many stories, but isn't it interesting that even with all of that, there are still those moments where like, God, help my unbelief. It starts here, guys. It starts here, church. It's being honest about what is actually inside you. So if you want to grow in your faith, then your ability to be honest and say, God, help my unbelief. And I love how Jesus doesn't 
walk away in that moment. He doesn't say, well, you go work on your faith thing and I'll come back when you're ready. He said, okay, I can live with this. And he sees the crowd running, and within that moment, he set this boy free. I'm sure the unbelief in that moment took a back seat. You see, sometimes God wants to actually move to expand your faith. And I'm blown away by how many people that follow Jesus don't recognize that the ambition of God is to be amongst you. That the dream of God is to be with you, around you, and to bring his reality into your reality. And it's amazing how many times we wrestle with, we don't know if God wants to do this or not do this. And I want to tell you, sometimes in your unbelief, God says, you know what? I'm going to do something right here. So the first thing is, be honest about your faith. There's another moment in the gospel where there's a man named Nicodemus. If you're unfamiliar with Nicodemus, Nicodemus is one of the most beautiful characters in the life of Jesus. I love him because he's very high up in the religious system. In fact, he's one of the lead religious people of his day. And you have to remember, the religious system of that day couldn't embrace Jesus. They couldn't wrap their minds or hearts around him. In fact, that's what ultimately led them to crucify him. But even in the midst of a corrupt religion, there's a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, at one point, asked for a private audience with Jesus. And so Jesus says, sure. So they meet in the middle of the night. And I always love that because... We have to remember, there are people that are crying out to Jesus in the middle of the night that you know nothing about. There are people tonight, all over this planet, that are crying out for answers. But yet we stand here during the day ridiculing them. Throwing stones at them. You see, in these moments, we have to be careful to understand that every human is longing to know the truth and why they exist and why they're alive. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not actually happening. And it's so easy in today's age with the advent of social media and news that continues to perpetuate someone's story. And we sit there and we ridicule and we throw stones. You have no idea that person tonight is going to be on their face drinking as much as they can to numb the pain or trying to numb this longing. You have no idea that's their way of saying, Jesus, can I have a private audience with you? So be careful where you're throwing stones. Be careful to interrupt someone's story. So Nicodemus, he's get the private audience with Jesus. And, and Jesus begins to sit with him all night long. And it's a fascinating conversation because Nicodemus is blown away. He's one of the smartest men alive in this moment, and yet he cannot comprehend the word coming out of the mouth of Jesus. This is evident that Jesus would bring in another dimension into his dimension. He was introducing a new reality. It got so confusing to Nicodemus that language like born again, you must be born again. Jesus says you must be born again. And Nicodemus is trying to, trying to add that up. He's like, okay, one plus one is two. 
and for me to be born again, do I have to go back inside my mother's womb? He's doing what any rational mind would think. And Jesus said, and you're the teacher of Israel? You see, there's two realities colliding in this moment. And what I want you to understand that sometimes your faith, you have to wrestle with it. Are you with me this afternoon? Our faith is not static. It requires a struggle. If you want faith to be expanded in your life, then you must be willing to struggle. You must be willing to wrestle with all the existential stuff that you've wondered about. If your head is answering every spiritual issue, then I want to challenge you. Your soul and your spirit want to know it. So your faith is dynamic. It needs to struggle. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. If you turn your Bible to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We have this insane ability to take so much information. I was doing some research and just like, how much information are we taking in? I don't know if you've thought about this, but the architecture of this gray matter in your skull is one of the most phenomenal creations God has ever created. If you want to look at God's art gallery, his masterpiece is the human brain. There's so much that we're learning about the human brain in the last 10 years that it's unbelievable, and many believe it's barely scratching the surface and the complexities of this masterpiece that we call the brain. And so they've been doing some research. This was actually in 2017, 18, but they say every day we humans are taking in 34 gigabytes of information and data, which is many times more than just 20 years prior. So every day we're taking in 34 gigabytes. If, you, if you're wondering how much that is, here it is. It is every episode of Stranger Things in one day. If you've not seen it, don't watch it. <laughs> that much data is 15,000 hours of Fortnite. That would take it 94 hours on TikTok. That's how much information you're taking in every day. The amount of information that's out there, in 2018, there was enough high-definition movies on the web that you would need 47 million years to watch them all. There are over 1.8 billion websites out there, and on average, 570 new ones are created every minute. We live in a world of inundated with data. And faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the Word of God. So what I want you to understand is faith has a frequency. Doubt also has a frequency. Unbelief also has a frequency. What frequency are you listening to? What frequency are you allowing into your soul, into your spirit? This is why I believe reading the Bible is more vital today. It's always been vital, so I don't want to diminish, but it is so vital today because we are being inundated with over 34 gigabytes of frequencies that have to do with fear, anxiety, doubt, and unbelief. So if you want to see faith expanding in your life, minimize that frequency of doubt, anxiety, and unbelief. 
some of you simply need to reduce who you're following. Why well, don't want to miss out? Well, you might miss out on a lot of other things. If you keep listening to that frequency of doubt, anxiety, and fear. So take care of your spirit. Your spirit requires the, the right nutrients. It requires the right ingredients to grow or it can shrink. This is why faith is not static. It's not a destination. It's alive. It's living. It's moving. You can feed it and it grows or you cannot feed it and it shrinks. I know so many people that started out in life with so much faith, but they started listening to too many of the other frequencies. And they get to their later years in life and they're full of cynicism. They're full of doubt and unbelief. They've lost hope. They no longer breathe hope. They breathe discouragement. They breathe depression. It's because the frequency of anxiety, fear, and hope, it's everywhere. And so if you're listening to those frequencies, you're actually taking up space that actually requires you to hearing and hearing of the Word of God. So if you're here this afternoon and you want to expand your faith, you want to see become alive, then reduce your frequencies down to a frequency that's more powerful it overwhelms all the other frequencies. So the second thing I want to challenge you, if you want to grow in your faith, is listen to the frequency of faith. Listen to the frequency of God's faithfulness. Listen to the frequency of the stories around you. If someone else has a miracle in an area of life that you need a miracle, the smartest thing you can do is celebrate their miracle. The smartest thing you can do is celebrate whatever's happening in their life. Instead of asking the question, why is it not me? Instead of living in that space, that door begins to open you up into a frequency that does not grow your faith. Last one, but not least. You see, faith is not static. It's dynamic. It expands and it shrinks. If faith was only based on getting knowledge, then we could just not have this talk. Say, all right, just go read. Just go watch and read all this, and then we would never have this conversation. But have you noticed that you can consume so much information about faith, and yet it feels dead? Do I have any honest people in here this afternoon? Like, you can read so much of the Bible. You can read all these amazing books on faith, on these great men and women of history that have lived out of faith for God. And you see this, but yet knowledge doesn't actually build faith. You actually need resistance to build faith. You actually need to put this thing to the test. You need resistance. The only way you get strong is resistance. You can think about getting strong. You can mentally psych yourself up to grow. But guess what? You won't. This is why it's so fascinating. You can believe there's a God, but it doesn't mean you'll actually change. You can say, yeah, there's a God, but you can stay the exact same. You see, you have to actually put the test, this thing we call faith and trust and belief. When you're confronted with the situation where you know the frequency of faith and you know the frequency of fear, 
It's in that moment. Which one are you going to exercise? Which steps are you going to resist so you can get stronger in your faith? So your faith actually needs some resistance. I wonder how many of those moments in our life that we feel resistance, it's actually designed to expand our faith. But we spend a lot of time complaining about those moments. I don't know if it's age. I mean, I'm approaching my 50s, and I'm really excited about that, by the way. I mean, Candace and I are already talking about our 50th birthday party. It's going to be awesome. We're, like, we're going to celebrate it in May, in between our two birthdays. I don't know what we're doing yet, but we're excited about it. So I don't know if this is age, but I'm realizing I'm actually learning to love resistance and struggles in every area of my life. I'm actually, I don't look forward to them. I don't wake up saying, man, I hope today's really hard. Uh, that's not what's happening here. Maybe when I'm 90, I don't know, because you're like, you don't have that many, you don't have many of those left, but I have a lot of life left. And so, uh, so I'm not waking up with this excitement, but I am waking up with an appreciation. You know what? This has been a really challenging month, but I am not going to let that shape me. I'm going to let this challenging month actually expand me. I'm actually going to let it make my anchor go deeper and deeper and deeper into who he is. Because I understand that faith is dynamic. It's an invitation into a dimension that's infinite. So my challenge to you before I wrap this up is this. Your faith needs a struggle. It needs resistance. So question for you, are you signing up for things that are bigger than you? Or are you only doing things in life that you know you can do? Are you actually putting yourself in front of mountains? Like, man, I've never moved a mountain that big. Whew, I've moved a hill, and I've moved a, this big, but I have never moved that. Are you actually choosing to look at these mountains and say, you know what? This is my next mountain. Or are you only picking the hills that you've moved in the path and saying, you know what? I want my batting record to be good. I'm more interested in people that go after mountains with, with being okay of having a bad batting average. But I'll tell you what, when you move that mountain, that batting average doesn't matter anymore because you moved it. So are you signing up for things that are bigger than you? Are you looking at challenges that other people are avoiding and you're saying, you know what, I'll do this one? Are you trying to push on stones that you've never been able to move before? What are those things in your life that are you actually putting yourself in position to be resisted so you can build the strength? I'll end with this. The deeper your belief goes, the more you will hit resistance in this life. Did you know that? I'm trying to end here. I, I, I've got too much. Did you know that the deeper your belief, the deeper your relationship with God goes, the more resistance you will feel in life? It's so funny that we make the Christian faith a safe one. Like we, we tell people, oh, you'll be safe and in his refuge. And that's also true. Uh, and I understand the the idea behind that, but we've made our walk with Jesus to be the safe, comfortable one, but yet the main metaphor of our faith is death. The main metaphor of our entire faith is death. 
And yet we try to make everything safe and comfortable and easy. The deeper your faith goes and your belief goes, the more you will hit resistance in this life. The deeper your faith goes, the more of heaven, that infinite dimension, you will see in this lifetime. It is this life we are called to one of deep faith. So in your belief, move towards Jesus. If you're struggling with unbelief, don't move towards self. Move towards Jesus. The frequency of faith can be found in the hearing and the reading of the word of God. And last but not least, resistance is how you grow your faith. Why don't you stand? Thanks for listening to today's talk. If you're interested in learning more about Studio here in Greenville, you can go check out our website, studiogreenville.com. And you can give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is studio.greenville. Have a great week.